This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 248, submission number 2040, Wonder Woman, the 2011 pilot. Wonder Woman was a 2011 pilot made for NBC. No, 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 wrong, no, no, wrong theme song. Wonder Woman! Wonder Woman! Did this even have a theme song? It had a five-second intro sting, almost. Not quite the famous 1970s theme or the uh, theme from the 2017 movie. Nope. Well, Wonder Woman, I think, was like... Wasn't there like a movie in development hell with Josh Whedon for a long time before this? I want to say there was. Yeah, because I remember like... Kobe Smulders was like someone who was in the running to play Wonder Woman, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this is actually over at Den of Geek from 2017 when the original Wonder Woman was due to come out. Well, and by the original, I mean the 2017 Gal Gadot Gadot film, which, by the way, Hattie Jenkins is a genius. That pretty much made her career. And the film itself was actually do somewhere around 2006 2007 after batman begins and superman returns because those two were really good well batman begins made a lot of money and was really good superman returns made respectable money if you were to ask me i'd say the definitive superman trilogy the definitive superman theatrical trilogy is superman the movie Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, and then Superman Returns. Yeah, just forget about 3 and 4. Yes. The world will be a better place. And the Richard Lester version of 2. Right. So, on the back of Batman Begins and Superman Returns, Joss Whedon scripted a Wonder Woman treatment. Which, thank God, it went absolutely nowhere. In fact, That's all I want to talk about it, because we're here to talk about another respected Hollywood big shot with his treatment of Wonder Woman, David E. Kelly. David E. Kelly? What does he know about superhero stuff? Yeah, he did. I mean, he did. He did really good TV. We're talking about the practice and Boston Legal. Boston Legal. Allie McBeal. Feel all the best, and he was one of the creators of Doogie Hauser MD, which we love still. But then he was commissioned by NBC and Warner Brothers to bring Wonder Woman back to television. I mean, how could you bring Wonder Woman? I mean, think about 2011 America. Would Wonder Woman even work in 2011 America? Eh, probably. This pilot, which we've all seen, sort of shoehorns a lot of what being a woman in 2011 America was all about. That makes sense, right? 
yes, it makes total sense. It, it, it does in a sort of roundabout way, but I know what you mean. And I'm going to stop trying to put two and two together because I don't want to come off as mansplaining because that's not me. Oh, um, oh by the way, the, uh, the theme song for Wonder Woman is I Only Know How to Love by Christina Aguilera. So, David E. Kelly, again, genius, puts together a treatment of Wonder Woman in 2011. Because we all know the story of Wonder Woman. She is the uh, amazing Amazon. She is, by her very nature, immortal. She is Diana, Princess of Themyscira. She has at her disposal a mystical lasso which compels people to tell the truth. She has super strength. She has super speed. She has an invisible jet. She has bulletproof gauntlets. What, yeah. Do I want to call them gauntlets? Wristbands. Like bracelets? Yeah, bracelets. bracelets. Yeah. I mean, she is the entire superheroine package. And it seems like almost every treatment of Wonder Woman was engineered to make creator William Bolton Marston proud. And you know what else he created? What else did he create? The lie detector. Yes, he did. Oh yeah, that's right. He did create the lie detector. Which makes the lasso make sense. So, who do you get to don the mystical red, white, and blue tights and carry the lasso for this franchise. How about uh, one of the uh, female leads from Friday Night Lights? Oh, Minka Kelly? No, the other one. Oh, oh, Adrian Pilecki. Yep. The pride of Toledo, Ohio herself. Yes. I thought the pride of Toledo was Jamie Farr. Well, she's the modern day pride. Of Toledo, Ohio. Okay, that worked. Hey, for some reason, she scored Jesse Plemons on Friday Night Lights in the second season, which is like, how'd you do that, Jesse Plemons, in season two of Friday Night Lights? I don't know. And fun fact, she would go on to star on the Orville playing the ex wife of the captain while still being married to the lieutenant. True story. While she was shooting the Orville, Adrian Palicki was married to Scott Grimes. That's right, they were married at one time. Mm-hmm. The Orville is going to be one of those things that is filed under the never cover file on this show. Oh, no. Never, no. Not never the Orville. No. The Orville is a never cover. Oh, please, let season three finally launch. We need it right now. Oh, damn right we do. We've only been waiting, what, like three, four years? Oh, yep. about the same length as it has been for waiting for Barry season three. No, I don't think it's been as long as Barry season three. No, but... Bar- Barry season two was 2019. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I know Barry season three is coming soon. I've seen ads for it. Oh, yeah. And we're not here to talk about Barry. We're here to talk about Wonder Woman. Yes, and in this universe, Wonder Woman is, well, let's back up a bit, because 
when Wonder Woman enters our world from Paradise Island, where all of the uh, Amazons live, you know, because Paradise Island is what we on the outside call the island of Themyscira. She adopts many personas under the name Diana Prince. And if we were to name all of her jobs, we would be here all day. Yeah. But in this world, she is... Wow, she's not even hiding the fact that she's Wonder Woman. Oh, no, no, she's not even pretending that she's not Wonder Woman. She is Wonder Woman. Everyone knows it. It's like the Iron Man style of superhero after Iron Man 2008, where everyone knows who this person is. Yep. Everybody knows who Diana Themyscira is. She is Wonder Woman. She is the CEO of Themyscira Enterprises. What is Themyscira Enterprises specializing in? Besides the doll. Oh, yeah, because they advertise like a big doll that they show her. Yeah, do we ever really know what this corporation does outside of like you mentioned? All we know is that it is a large corporation in the same vein of Wayne Enterprises. And while we're at it, what is Wayne Enterprises known for? What exactly did Thomas Wayne do? make a lot of money i know that yeah but how did thomas wade make a lot of money well we're, we're not going to get into that that okay. you know, oh that, sorry that, that's going to go on the uh, on the dl on the down low okay okay so <clears throat> diana themiscira ceo of themiscira industries she creates an alter ego to have and now i'm quoting a semblance of a normal life and of course this alter ego is Diana Prince, who lives in an apartment, raises a cat named Sylvester. Get it! And basically uh, tries to avoid calls from her ex-boyfriend. I don't know. Yes, she has an ex-boyfriend, and yes, it is Steve Trevor. We'll get into that when we talk about the characters. So, So really, the best way we can describe her is CEO by day, and then like half crime fighter half normal female at night yeah basically she's batman without a cowling cape so let's talk about all the people in wonder woman's little universe here we already talked about adrian palicki and honestly if you don't know who adrian palicki is what podcast are you even listening to and then we have the villain of the week or at least supposedly the villain of the week and veronica kale who is played by Elizabeth Hurley. By the way, Veronica Kale is a genius-level intellect. This is the DC Comics uh, backstory. She is a supervillain with a genius-level intellect, extremely wealthy, and has extensive contacts and resources. Conflict-wise, Kale despises Wonder Woman for how society in general praises Princess Diana as a paragon for feminism and womanhood so easily, whereas Kale had to claw her way both legitimately and criminally for every bit of success she has attained, and even then, Kale has often been disregarded. Another motivation for Kale, one that even she cannot openly admit to herself, is that Kale secretly lusts after Diana's power and stature. 
Kale's deepest desire is her wish that she could be Wonder Woman, but also knows she can never be so. Of course, this is the uh, character as she appeared starting in November of 2003 in Wonder Woman Volume 2, number 196. She's played by Elizabeth Hurley. And if you don't know who Elizabeth Hurley is... Yeah, we know. You just used the line. Keep going. Okay. Hey, come don't on. kill that line. Austin Powers, people. What more needs to be said about That's Elizabeth? That's all you need to know. Austin Powers. Yes. She was also the host of the British version of Project Runway. And she was also Hugh Grant's arm candy. Okay, okay, okay. And isn't what? She on, it, I, I just is, said arm candy. Is, isn't oh, she on that okay. royal show on E? Yes. Yes, she Yes. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. As I do my Keenan Thompson impersonation. Yes. Let's face it. She is a legend, Elizabeth Hurley. Oh, yeah. She's totally a legend. And there's nothing wrong with me saying she was Hugh Grant's arm candy. Get over yourselves. Okay. And playing Diana's personal assistant is Etta Candy, who is played by Tracy Tobbs. And we just talked about her like two weeks ago. We did? She was on Abby's. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was on Chico, Yeah. Chico even name dropped her. Oh, okay. Now, in the comics, she first appeared in February of 1942. She did not look like Tracy Thomas. No, yeah, it's safe to say. because, And that's Duh. all I'm going to say. Duh. Oh, wink, wink. Okay, I got you guys. But yeah, she's, and this is her uh, DC Comics backstory, spirited and vivacious with a devil-may-care attitude, the first version of Etta appeared as a young white woman with red hair in Sensation Comics number 2 in 1942, written by Wonder Woman creator William Moulton Marston. Tracy Tobbs is not a white woman with red hair. Oh no, no. Oh, that's what you were referring to. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Our next uh, person in the cast. Oh, yeah. This is a good name. Her liaison to LAPD, if you will. Her man in Panama, if you will. Thank you, Dusty. Ed Indelicato, played by Pedro Pascal. The Mandalorian, people. Fun fact. Also played in Wonder Woman 1984. Not the same role. No. Okay. He plays the Wish Man in Wonder Woman 84. I forget the character's name. Maxwell Lord is the Okay, Maxwell Lord was the Wish Man in Wonder Woman 84. And you know what? I know you want to, Greg. Let's just play the clip. Life is good. But it can be better. That still gives me feels. But hey, in eight years, he's going to be traveling the galaxy with a little version of Yoda. You will not insult the Grogu. Oh, yeah. Well, especially considering how timely we're talking about it now, considering the uh, last three episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Yep. And now we go into... uh the sort of the face of the company, and by face I mean the COO, as it were, 
The man who runs the day-to-day operations of Themyscira Industries, Henry Detmer, who is played by Carrie Elwes, a.k.a. Wesley, from The Princess Bride. As you wish. But there's one more person. We have not talked about Steve Trevor. Oh, we haven't talked... Yeah, Steve Trevor. Yeah, because in this version of the universe, like, they've broken up. Oh, yeah. In fact, their breakup is the reason why she moved to Los Angeles. Or is it the other way around? I'm sure they're both right. Anyway, Steve Trevor in this version is played by Justin Bruning of future entry Knight Rider. The, Not uh, that Knight Rider. The other Knight Rider. From the, the other uh, Knight Rider. Yeah, the other one from the uh, 2010s. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer car. Anyway. Now, also in this pilot, we have, let's just say, some special guest cameos. And if you ask me, they're probably more despicable than anybody Wonder Woman could possibly be uh, up against. That includes Elizabeth Hurley's character. Well, no, hold on. Hold on. I want to add something before you go. Calling them special guests... Oh, would be an insult. That's an insult. Don't use the word special. The, the, these people do not deserve any ounce of respect. No. When, no, no, no. And when you hear the names, you'll understand why we say that. Let's say the names now, shall we? Okay, so we have Alan Dershowitz, Nancy Grace. Oh, God. Dr. Phil. And? And? Jeffrey Tubin. If this was a video podcast, you'd see the most interesting man in the world bury his head in his hands. Who are four people that will never be in my kitchen? Oh, hell. They will never, ever be in my house. They'll never be in my zip code. No. I'm not going to break bread with these people. No, 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 no. Break necks with them. Don't break bread. Break their necks. Not that I would ever say that you should be violent to others, but these four, (laughs) they really turned me off uh, from this pilot very quickly. When I saw this pilot and I saw all four of them, I was like, I must have done something wrong in a past life. Well, remember in 2011, some of the big names in the uh, TV universe on cable news networks, you had Nancy Grace. Remember, she had her own judicial show around that time, maybe a little bit later. And we know about Dr. Phil and we, gosh, we know about Alan Dershowitz. So, you know, they're, they're talking heads that were very popular in 2011. Well, Jeffrey Tubin was probably like the least despicable name. Now he's probably the most despicable name in 2022. Yeah. Okay, so we have our characters. So what are they all doing here and what is going on? This is basically because, you know, a pilot is basically when you get the gist of a TV series. This pilot begins with 
somebody coming close to death after <laughs> being accepted to college, which, if you ask me, is both predictable and sad. Well, also, the transition after that made no sense to me because you go from this kid getting his acceptance letter to college to now Wonder Woman is chasing somebody in the streets. Yeah, yeah it's, this is, it's one of many disjointed uh, sort of pieces. It's like, who edited yeah. this? Not just editing, but also uh, continuity. And, I mean, there's no explanation. The kid, you know, has this heart attack or whatever after getting his uh, letter. There's no explanation. You don't see the, the uh, ambulance coming. You don't see the family helping out. They're in shock. And then you just cut to... Wonder Woman chasing uh, a baddie through what looks like downtown Los Angeles or downtown Las Vegas. It's downtown Los Angeles. I figured it's downtown Los Angeles, but it, it did have a very Vegas vibe to it. I could see that. Oh, totally. So that kicks off the pilot, which was a Jeremy Ryder production, by the way. And if I'm not mistaken, it was ordered in January of 2011. And sort of finalized that April. It was really fast turnaround for a pilot. Guys, you just want to rip the band-aid off and watch it. Oh, there's a lot to break down besides just the first like minute or two. Rip the band-aid off, let's do it. So we're starting to watch the pilot and we watched the first about three minutes or so, uh, which we mentioned. Uh, we have this student getting his college acceptance letter, suffering a heart attack, and now Wonder Woman is chasing a baddie in the street and she takes, she, she lassos him and takes a vial of his blood. Gets him by the neck, by the way. Well, it will not be the first, the, the last time she lassos somebody by the neck. I don't remember Wonder Woman ever doing that. It's usually around the waist. But also right now, the way she slides him to the, the cops it looks like she's throwing like a curling stone. There's, it's, it's like he's slipping on ice or sliding on ice. That doesn't make any sense. Where's gravity? I'm sorry for getting so technical. That just bugged me. It looked like she was like, like I said, like throwing a curling stone down the ice. Yeah. Yeah, she's flying on her jet and it's not invisible. Not even close. Yeah, and that's one of the things from the franchise. She's supposed to have an invisible jet. Oh, there's Alan Dershowitz. Get him off my screen. Thank you. Get, oh, Nancy there's Grace, Nancy get Grace. off. Get her off my screen. Get off. Get lost. All right, so now we have uh, Carrie Elwes' character, Henry, and Anna Candy meeting Wonder Woman at the uh, helipad. And basically, what, debriefing her on all of the things going on with Wonder Woman and why in the world is she changing into that? Another thing I noticed, looking at the TV in the background, and this is also uh, evident uh, when Carrie Elwes and, uh, and Palicki were walking uh, like uh, out of the elevator, that's a bad blue screen or green screen of the TV. That's a bad, you can tell that's fake. Oh, yeah. Real bad. Uh, it is one Really bad. It is a pilot. That's supposed to be the gist of things, I guess. I, I, I get that, but even for a pilot, 
that looked very amateurish. And now Diana's explaining why she's doing the whole Diana Prince thing. Basically, to keep cover off of herself as Diana Themyscira, and also to live some sort of normal life. Although, why would you want to live a normal life when you're the CEO of a big, bad company? Oh, yeah, because everybody knows that the CEO is a vigilante superhero, Amazon! And she wears glasses. Like, as we all know from Cork Kent, no one will notice you're the same person if you're wearing glasses. But when she's Diana Prince, she's a regular girl who gets regular mail and has to pay regular bills and feed her regular cat. There is no such thing as a regular cat. They're all goofballs. No, Benoodles is the goofball. Sylvester's just there. Oh, look how peaceful he is. Sylvester is a nice kitty. So what is Diana watching on the screen? I don't know. She's watching The Notebook. Of course she's watching The Notebook. And that brings her back to the breakup between her and Steve Trevor. She has abilities. She wants to use them for the greater good. Why can't you understand that, Steve? Why, Steve? Why? So it's the next day, and Diana wants to hold a press conference. Basically calling out Veronica Kale on everything she found out last night from the blood sample. And when we say everything, everything. But before we do, we meet the mother of the college student who mysteriously had bloody eyes and a heart attack. And she explains everything of what's going on and wonders how Wonder Woman can help. Because that's what Wonder Woman does at the end of the day. But wait, hold on. How does she know, the mother know, that she's Wonder Woman? Everybody knows Diana Themyscira is Wonder Woman. Everyone in this universe knows she's Wonder Woman. Is that, that, I thought the point is she's supposed to be like a secret identity. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Mike, this is three years post-Iron Man, where at the end of Iron Man, Tony Stark reveals he is Iron Man. So it established like a trend that, okay, now everyone sort of knows like these big superheroes are this person. Except nobody knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and everybody who knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, outside of Alfred, is killed. Great, you spoiled Iron Man for me, Greg. (laughs) Well, you had 14-year-old movie, folks. 14 years to watch it. We're just going to sum up the gist of this press conference. She names six athletes, all going to college on a scholarship, winds up dead or incapacitated allegedly because of Veronica Kale and ends with this line and you can take this from the uh, real if you want to Miss Kale trust me if the law doesn't get you I will if the law doesn't get you I will Wonder Woman means business Unfortunately, so does Veronica Kale. I don't understand supervillains. Why would they respond to that sort of thing? Because they're stupid. But then I remember. 
Yeah. But then I remember, this is Veronica Kale. Deep in her heart of hearts, she wants to be Wonder Woman. She's like, yeah, all the men want to be with me and all the women want to be me. But deep in her heart of hearts, she is longing to be Wonder Woman. I love that the villain in this show is a pharmaceutical CEO because if you want to find scum of the earth, just look around at current pharmaceutical CEOs. Martin Shkreli. So now we're back to uh, the business of the Mascara Industries, and that, of course, would be business. Namely, the prototype of the doll, which apparently goes to fund Wonder Woman's crime-fighting abilities and activities. But looking at the doll... Oh, it's not good. It's terrible. Yeah. The Miko Wonder Woman doll looked better than that. Oh, jeez. Really? <laughs> Somebody called Dan Larson of Toy Galaxy because... Damn. Damn! It is an open secret that Diana is an Amazon, and as an Amazon, she is endowed with many, and now I'm using her words, blessings. Attributes. A huge rack. Boring. <laughs> Attributes. <laughs> also, her legs seriously go on for days. And she has a huge rack. What is the Sailor Moon? That's okay. eugenics working. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Henry and Ms. Themyscira get into it in the boardroom over the prototype. Remember, this is not the actual doll. This is just a prototype. This is just a prototype. Basically <laughs> saying, get back to the drawing board, you hussy. It's not created for kids. It's created for their dads. Oh, gee. Go ahead, everybody. I'm not kidding, though. You look at it. I look at did, the doll. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at it. I'm looking yeah, at it. That's not something. It's not yeah. Barbie. This is for clearly the adults. Oh, it, no, it's horny Barbie is what it's supposed to be. But what does this have to do with anything? Cue the flashback to Steve and Diana breaking up again. And lost in thought, they're back in the room. And, oh, you've got a visitor. Veronica Kale's in the building. Oh, no, no. It's nice when a superhero meets a supervillain, isn't it? You can cut the tension with a knife, almost. Oh, to be a fly in that room. But, basically, doesn't really appreciate being called out like that, Miss Kale. It's like, Come on, why do you want to do this to me? I'm one of the richest people in the world. I have more money than God. I have more money than I know what to do with. I have more connections than I know what to do with. I can make you disappear. Okay, maybe that's going a little too far. But Diana makes it clear in no uncertain terms that she is not intimidated. So what are you going to do? 
No, seriously, what are you gonna do? I, 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 I don't know. Where are you going with this, Veronica? Because I, I have no idea. Okay, shots of the jet. Yeah, she's using the jet, which is, by the way, still not invisible, to go to the hospital to a visit the uh, college kid who is hanging on by a thread, I should say. Yeah. And then up! Guess who, Chico? Guess who shows up? Uh, That would be uh, Mr. Uh, guy. The guy. Not this guy. That guy. Yes, the police guy who Pedro Pascal plays. And suffice it to say, he's intimidated. In fact, she makes it a point to say, I can get into any building I want with this body. Why she says that, I have no idea. But she says it. Because this was made by David E. Kelly. Never mind. You just reminded me. This wasn't made by Patty Jenkins. But yeah, she actually makes her way into the room and tries to compel our bald friend here to give up Veronica Kale. Interestingly enough, she does it by breaking his arms and not through any force of the lasso of truth. Although, let's be honest, she could have easily done it with the lasso of truth. Yeah, she could have easily done it. But well, she yeah, didn't. she put the lasso of truth right on his chest. Uh, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's not like she could actually lasso him because he's on a bed. And speaking of bad green screen jobs. Oh, this is terrible green screen. But let's be honest. What we're watching is like an unfinished version of the pilot. So uh-huh. who knows if they like made the effects and, better. And, yep. And uh, Pedro Pascal is basically warning Wonder Woman to be careful about how you go about this because the DOJ, LAPD, freaking president, they will not have an answer if you go too far. And she basically gives him the side eye. Anyway, uh, back to more filler scenes, more filler scenes. Oh, oh, hold on. Diane is going to meet a U.S. senator. You know who plays the U.S. senator, Chico? Oh, oh, I know. Edward Herman. Edward Herman, the late Edward Herman. Yes, from Gilmore Girls. Yep. And once again... He's trying to have his mental way with Diana. And Diana's basically like, uh-uh. You're sharing a glass of wine with me. I know you share glasses of wine with Veronica Kale, too. So you're going to tell me what I need to know, or I'm going to break your arms and legs. Because David E. Kelly wrote this pilot, and that's all I know how to do. And then, a phone call. The college student from earlier, you know, that college student from earlier. He's dead. He died. Oh, oh no. No, he's dead. Oh. This is not good. This is not good. So this gives Diana her motivation. She's like, I'm going to go into that compound and I'm going to get those sons of 
She's going to go into that combat of guns blazing, and she's going to have backup from the LAPD, and Veronica Kale's also going to have backup, because apparently, underneath her compound, she's <laughs> working to create super soldiers, not unlike the kind you see in Captain America, except whereas Captain America is only the one super soldier, Veronica Kale has at least 20. 20? 20! 20! Twenty, and they all look like they. They all look like they came from Planet Fitness. (laughs) Remember, deadly force meets deadly force. There is a chance that she's not going to get past security, but if she does, deadly force meets deadly force. Oh, by the way, she got past security. May I just say the head of these tough. Like Planet Fitness Super Soldiers, he looks like Johnny Drama from Entourage on steroids. He does look like Johnny Drama on steroids. Okay, well, I find it very ironic that during this whole speech about security, there is no security preventing her from coming in. No. Nope. And now there's no security protecting them from her. But then again, look who the meathead's talking about. Hey, did we mention she likes going for the neck? Yes. She goes for the neck multiple times. Several times lethally. And then she finally meets Veronica Kale, who proceeds to give her this reason you suck speech. She's like, please. <laughs> Grabs her by the neck with the lasso again. And then, gosh, all she, what is up with her next? Anyway. Then she discovers, like, all these sick people, like, oh. These are all the super soldiers that didn't make it. No. And they are rescued and freed and remanded to police custody. As is Veronica Kale. So, yep, they did it. <laughs> Everyone's and like, the Industries could not be prouder. Yeah, yeah, Diana, you did it. Woo! You did it. But someone's waiting, and guess who it is? Oh, it's Steve Trevor! Who now works for the Department of Justice! Oh, my God. And guess what, Chico? What, Greg? Steve Trevor is now married! What? Yes. Steve Trevor now has a wife. But Steve is also going to be working with Diana in her capacity as Wonder Woman. So that's an awkward conversation that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But it never is because this is as far as the pilot goes. Oh, yeah. And also something about creating a Facebook page. Who cares? And that's your pilot. Yep. Oh, by the way, did we mention, going back to the doll, that it was designed to look like an action figure because people were calling her an action figure? Oh, was that a commentary on that? That was a commentary. And I'm looking at the costume, which basically looks like the original costume, which was like the bustier and the sort of Lululemon reject leggings with the thigh-high heel boots sort of thing. 
there are pictures of the uh, costume all over the place, and it looks very much like an action figure. Right down to the uh, sort of plastic-looking Lululemon tight steely. And I'm looking at Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. While we're on, you know, design deviations from the source material, one of this interpretation's greatest departures from Wonder Woman canon might be its version of the invisible jet. Here she gets around Los Angeles in a very small one-seater aircraft that is reminiscent of a shuttlecraft in a sci-fi space show. While highly sophisticated, the plane is also highly visible, painted in opaque white. That combines with the costume, the wooden acting, the very violent nature of the fights, and critics were not kind to this TV show. In fact, I have a line from Alan Sepinwall who goes on and says, and this is from an article he did for Uprox, he says, the pilot was embarrassing, it was all that I had feared, and more. And Following up on that, Neil Calloway from Flickering Myths said in his article, The Wonder Woman They Didn't Want You to See. Watching it now, it seems dated, but it was probably dated in 2011. The pilot ends with Wonder Woman creating a Facebook page for herself, not exactly hitting the zeitgeist since it was shot the year after the social network came out. A line where she is warned not to Abu Ghraib her prey would be good if that scandal hadn't been exposed seven years previously. And the romance subplot is a bit too much like Ally McBeal, another show Kelly created. But on the plus side, the enemy Wonder Woman is against is a pharmaceutical boss played by Liz Hurley. And you can imagine Hurley's excitement when her agent called saying, they wanted her for Wonder Woman, and her disappointment when she realized it wasn't for the lead. Carrie Elwes turns up as Diana Prince's assistant, and the show largely issues her mystical background that Wonder Woman has elsewhere. There's a nice self-referential scene where, in a board meeting, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, complains about an action figure of herself, saying she won't market her th That is from the article bit of a self-referential because while she's in costume, all she does is market her her attributes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Her, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Mike. I meant her blessings. She markets her blessings. Yes, she does. Again, nothing was lost when the pilot did not go through the series. Adrian Palicki went on to star as the female lead in the Orville, whose third season drops June 2nd. Can't wait for that. Pedro Pascal made a name for himself as the Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Tracy Tobbs went on to star in not one, but two entries. One past, one future. The past one being Abby's and the future one being Wonderfalls. Elizabeth Hurley, what can we say about Elizabeth Hurley? She does it all. She was Hugh Grant's arm candy. She was. And, of course, the franchise would go on to a little-known 2017 movie that made everybody involved with it a boatload of money and or clout. Hey, do you know who's in that movie, I heard? 
Who's in that movie you heard? Oh, Robert Pine's son is in that movie. Robert Pine, yes. Chris Pine is Robert Pine's son. For, oh, yeah, okay. I also heard he commands a starship. Yes. Chris Pine is Captain Kirk in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. But you all knew that. But of course, yeah, that's the joke. That's the joke. So, Wonder Woman. It has a storied past and an amazing future, as long as it keeps making money for Warner Brothers in D.C. But in 2011, Wonder Woman was almost a thing on TV. Nah, I don't think it would have been a thing on TV. There's no almost about it. It was bad. It was terrible. That's terrible. That's right, Charles. But what is it terrible is the other 247 episodes we have on it was a thing on TV.com. We have all the episodes, the live watches, the minisodes, and of course, all of the uh, social feeds, which are at it was a thing on TV, or because we were setting up Facebook pages in 2011, because that's a thing you do in 2011. She would have to follow us at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And of course, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like our videos, subscribe to our feeds, hit the notification bell. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. So you can stay updated on future entries. For example, Pilot Month continues on Thursday. With, follow me here, dogs. Dogs. But they're not dogs. dogs. Okay. But they're not dogs. They're not dogs. They're not dogs. They're dogs, but they're not dogs. They're dogs, but they're not dogs. They look like dogs, but they're not dogs. Okay. I'm still trying to figure that one out, but it'll probably make sense next time right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Row!